Art Gallagher is a Republican political consultant, strategist in New Jersey, one of the, the brightest political minds on the Republican side, and, and it, it is always a pleasure to have him on. Art, thanks for, thanks for being here. David, thank you very much for having me back, and thanks for, that, uh, for those kind words. The, one of the brightest. Wow. Well, and I mean it. I mean it. You, you know, I, I, I love speaking to you, and 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 hopefully, uh, hopefully, people over the next few minutes are going to be able to hear what 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 I get to hear a lot of the time, which is your 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 insights, uh, your very smart insights into what's happening. So, so let's talk about the twenty twenty one elections. Was that uh, Republicans had a very good year in New Jersey? They didn't win the governorship. Uh, they came within three points, but they didn't win it. But they made gains in the legislature. Uh, is 2021 the opening act to what people might be able to see in next year's midterm elections? Um, certainly a lot of Republicans think so and hope so. But anybody who's, who, who said they saw, saw that coming uh, is lying. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, um, I'm pretty good at being, been blessed with pretty good, um, good at predicting trends and what's going to happen o- over the years. But when I woke up on um, Wednesday morning and checked out your site and, and saw that Steve Sweeney had lost, I fell off my chair. I thought I was. Yeah, nobody saw that. Stuff. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. And um, including, by the way, uh, including Ed Durr, the, the 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 new senator elect from from the third oh, district. Know. I, I met him that weekend, and he he was still shocked. <laughs> it was uh, I think he still is. Who's a, a, a very bright and humble man, and um, and a very funny man. Um, the the people of uh, of his district and all of New Jersey are lucky to have him, and they've got a very disciplined uh, operation down there with him and and um, and Steve Cush. Yeah, the, uh, and I think he's going to serve the people well. And let me ask you about, about Ed Durr. Ed Durr's a truck driver. He had run for office twice before without success. He didn't have, he hardly had, he hardly had any money at all. Uh, you know, he had, a, he had, uh, uh, his, his work ethic. He had the brains of Steve Cush behind him. But, but what caused Steve Sweeney, who, who people have gone after him with huge amounts of money before, what caused Sweeney to lose? Well, you know, and, and Steve has said, and I think you reported, or somebody did, that, you know, he, every poll he had, had him show up in double digits, 11 or 16%. And, you know, and he was starting his campaign, his 2025 campaign for governor, which seems like it's still going to go forward. Um, but he, he thought he had it in the back. And, um, you know, and that, that kind of hubris, uh, and I don't mean that pejorative, really, but you really thought there was no competition, and that's how he uh, he took it for granted. You know, I um, I have always admired the Middletown, New Jersey Republican organization um, because they don't take, they never lose, and they never take any race for granted. And there was, um, you know, the the candidate that they put up for one of the count, the one of the township committee seats this year had a criminal background and, you know, and they dug it up and, and blasted it out. And, you know, insiders were saying, what are you beating up on this guy for? You got this election in the bag. And, um, you know, and I, there was a lot of people who said, gosh, you know, if they digging into like Matt Katz did after the election, um, Ed Doerr's social media history or, you know, which may have been, who knows, it might, that might have helped. And in that election, although I don't, I think he was probably embarrassed by it. 
Um, the you know you take any you can't take any election for granted. And, and I'm speaking is, with that's got to be the um, that's true. Uh, that's got to be the the lesson. And um, you know, and that was the lesson. You know, Vingo Pal in the 11th district. You know, had a scare, and his two running mates lost, and they you know. Vin and he never took the foot off his foot off the gas for four years. He was he was no, the, you know, he, he was at a hundred miles an hour all the time. Yeah, but he'll tell you that he he thought he was going to win easy, and um, and and he operated that way. And it's human nature um, to um, you know it's human nature not to give one hundred and ten percent when you don't have a a component. Competition makes people better, and and, and just to put put. Go Dur into some perspective just for for people you know in 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 North Jersey in the New York area that that aren't familiar with that this district is south south jersey this is uh this is a district that is bordered on one side by by Pennsylvania and on the other side by delaware so this is that's not that's not a typical uh democratic district anyway that Sweeney had been able to hold for twenty years. Yes, and you know, and 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 as the Sweeney the, and the Norcross machine, um, which has got taken a, a beating that nobody could have seen over the last two cycles, um, you know, it's a matter of really taking it for granted. You know, getting happy and comfortable. Sure, and yeah. it's hard not to. It's hard not to do that when there's no competition. And I'm speaking with Republican strategist Art Gallagher. I mean, Art, you you. You can't deny the history of American politics that that the party out of the White House does well in, in the midterms. They pick up House seats in New Jersey. And, and I mentioned this at the start of the show, uh, New Jersey right now, right at literally at this moment, they're, they're, they're sitting down at, at some dumpy hotel in Cherry Hill trying to draw a map for for the 12 seats. Uh what are what are the Republicans going to look for in congressional redistricting? Well, I I don't think it. Well, first I should I should really be asking you because most of what I know about redistricting I learned from reading your work, David. Um, but well, thank the, you. Uh, you're welcome. But it's um, it's no secret the biggest target is um, uh, the Malinowski district, the seventh congressional district that um, he won just by one percent. Over um, Tom Kane Jr., uh, Senate Minority Leader, uh, in the last election, um, the last federal election, you know that, that's the Republicans' biggest target, and um, and I and I don't and I think Malinowski's in trouble. I don't think he's made a lot of refri- a lot of friends in New in the New Jersey Republican circles. I'm not sure he's made a lot of friends in Washington either. But um, I and the issue with his, the issue that, that that he's facing with with having been late in reporting stock transactions that has that has really dominated his second term as a congressman. It certainly it certainly has, and um, and Republicans are not going to let up on the gas on that. And I, I I think that the Democrats' strategy probably should be to kind of you know let kind of give give that one up and see if they can. Um, get something else but republicans seem to think that they can do well up in the 11th against uh mikey sherrill i'm not so sure about that i think mikey's a bit of a rock star and that district has been trending left um on a local level it's certainly you know the republican um republicans are doing well 
in you know county and and local races there. But I think the um, the I think Republicans are hopeful there. I haven't. I'm not sure they have the strongest candidates. Mike has got a, has raised a lot of money, and she's a very attractive candidate and projects herself as a moderate to uh, that to appeal. Um, two Republicans and independents in that district. And the same with Josh um, Gottheimer. Uh, Josh Gottheimer I, I has... Josh, I think Josh Gottheimer really is a moderate. And uh, and and I grew up in that district in, uh, in Bergen County and, and still have some ties there. I, uh, the son of a legendary you, councilman. That's right. Thank you very much. Who's uh, would have had his 90th birthday this week. And um, the um, I think I think Josh is pretty safe. Uh, and you've dubbed him the, the human fundraising machine, and that's true. $11 million, uh, right? I mean, he's got $11 million cash on hand, and he's, and he's still raising. Yeah, and, he, and he's still raising, and, you know, that he doesn't need $11 million for his own campaign. You know, he'll he'll spread that money around, and, and that's where his real power in Washington will, will continue to come from. Uh, I think the, the next uh, best pickup, and, again, a lot of that's going to be um, depend on what – what happens in uh, in Cherry Hill over the the next couple of days, but the Republicans really have to be targeting um, the third congressional district with Andy Kim. Um, they had um, Chitterelli won that di- district by fourteen points against Phil Murphy this year. Yeah, the, the, and the, the um, Republicans are going to be motivated. Um, Congressman Kim has done a good job trying to work across both sides of the aisle. From what I but what I'm hearing, um, you know, they're tr- going to try to, they're going to, the Democrats are going to work harder to save him, uh, probably to the detriment of Malinowski. Um, you know, they're trying to make his district more Democratic, and that'll probably make um, Congressman Chris Smith's job, you know, even more easier. He consistently wins at over 60%. Um, but the, his district and people ought never, ever, ever uh, discount Chris Smith's electoral strength. The, just, just the the direct to voter contact he's had for forty two years just, just tremendous, just amazing. It, it's just tremendous, and there and there are people on uh, on both sides of the aisle who will always vote for him. I, I, you know, worked on his camp. His first campaign with his that I worked on was two thousand. 18, and I was shocked um, walk, when I would walk through um, county fairs or local fairs with him. People would line up with tears in their eyes to thank him for the difference that he made in their in their families' lives. Uh, and I've never, I've never, I've been involved in politics a long time. I've never seen such love for a congressman um, at that level, uh, at, or any politician. And, uh, and and he really does work that hard for his constituent services, and he's not flashy. He's he's he doesn't want the limelight. He's he's really a shy man, but he believes in his heart um, what he's been the opportunity he's been given to serve. And let me ask you, Art. I'm speaking with Art Gallagher. One quick question before we, we go to break, and you've generously agreed to to come back after the break and and, and answer some more questions. But sure, uh, Sue Kiley, Monmouth County Commissioner. Uh, said this week that she is entertaining a, a run for Congress against Frank Pallone, who is one of the most powerful Democrats in Washington, chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Is is that a winnable race? Um, yeah, and full disclosure, Sue has asked for my 
might help in that race and uh, or if she gets into the race. Right now I am advising her on building a team should she decide to get in on it. Um, so, yes, if I'm involved, it's a winnable race. <laughs> we will we will leave the segment at that, and I, and I and I have more to speak about with Republican strategist Art Gallagher, who will who will stay on with me when we come back. So so don't go anywhere, please. This is David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe, and you are listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back, everybody, and I am still speaking with Art Gallagher, the very talented Republican strategist in New Jersey. Uh, Art, I want to—we've all been following what's been going on in Trenton uh, with with the Assembly Republican Caucus. They they have been speaking out against a a uh, a policy that requires them to show proof of vaccine or or, or negative COVID test before they come in. Are we? Is this what we're going to see as as the Republican minority expanded in the last election, a, a more partisan, a more conservative, a more aggressive uh, Republican minority? I think so. And I think you're going to have more part. Certainly you have more partisan leadership in the assembly. Um, John Bramnick is with the long term assembly minority leader, having moved up to the, uh, the Senate, um, was much more. Um, collegial um, and congenial than I think um, a leader demand was going to be. And um, the, I think you're, I think it's going to be more partisan. And I, I think the, the speaker t- um, kind of gave them a gift because the, 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 the constitutional is unambiguous uh, in, in terms of, you know, the preventing, as you and Joey were talking about at the top of the show, uh, and Jay Weber's letter to the Attorney General today, saying, you know, if you if you enforce this this mandate, you know, we're going right to court. And I um, I think even in in New Jersey, I don't see how the court sides with um, with with the Speaker or the Attorney General on this. We, yeah, but you know what? I've, I've seen this. I've seen this over the over the years. This is you know, I'm ending my my 48th year in New Jersey politics, and I have. Uh, uh, I I've grown to to you know to 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 live with my disappointments with the courts. It seems that sometimes even the Constitution is a little fungible when it comes to politics. Yes, it, it could happen, and it wouldn't would not be a complete shock. You know, I guess we'll find out what kind of uh, integrity the justices have um, in terms of re- reading the language of the law. But um, but it's a good it's a good battle, and I think it's a good issue. Uh, for Republicans, as Ed Doerr's victory um, speaks to, spoke loudly to, you know, he'll tell you he won because Sweeney stopped standing up to Murphy. And I think a lot of uh, in Murphy's mandates and as in edicts through his executive orders. The um, and I, I think on both sides of the aisle, people are tired of being told what to do, and there's a lot of COVID fatigue. There is some fear. Um, media generated primarily, but you know, with the new surge, Omicron seems to be less deadly but more prevalent. Uh, I think we, you know we're going to get to a place where everybody's had COVID vaccinated or not, uh, some very, some shape or form for it, and hopefully it'll it'll end up being like the common cold. Um, whether that takes six months or, ye- or a year, who knows? But um, but it is a time for caution too. Everybody's got to be take this really seriously. So. People have to take it seriously. 
I was talking to a Republican senator earlier in the day uh, who says, you know, the, the, you know the, the problem now is we won't know for another couple of weeks, even if Omicron is less deadly, is it going to be so prevalent that there's a strain on the hospital system again? And, you know, we've we've seen um, in the Murphy administration and the, the Biden administration a less than candid messaging um, on on the science and the facts and, and the kind of a power grab. And people on both sides are getting tired of it. So and, what's uh, what are we looking at for the future art just in terms of the Republican Party? You know, I'm. I'm I'm looking at, you know, I've been doing this a long time. You've been doing this a long time. There's a lot of people that are younger than you and you and I uh, that are coming up through the ranks, uh, you know, on, on both sides. Who are the rising stars in your view in Trenton? Who are the ones that everybody should watch? The Republican, the Republican rising stars um, on the elected level, certainly um, Brian Bergen, Assemblyman Brian Bergen from Morris County, has established himself as an outspoken leader who appeals um, to the far right but is not crazy um in middletown um mayor tony perry is certainly a rising star um very very talented uh and continue and he'll probably be mayor again in the town township committee form of government where it's usually a, a rotating um mayor um councilman jeff booker uh in seabright i think should be looked as a, a rising star um, I thought it was a big loss that Ryan Peters didn't run for re-election for the Republican Party. I thought it was a big loss. I, I, I agree. I understand why, why Ryan did that, and, I, and it's going to be something. And I respect it. And just just everybody knows Ryan Peters is. I mean, he's still under forty. Didn't run for re-election. Said, you know, he wants to spend time uh, coaching his kids. And and Ryan Peters is a Navy SEAL. He's still, you know, he went to Annapolis. He uh, he he has. Uh, uh, served overseas. He's now in a reserve unit. He's the commander of a reserve SEAL unit. He could he could get deployed at any time. He could get deployed at any time. I, as I don't know Ryan personally, I do know him professionally, but I think he has a young family too. Yes. and that's that's one of the challenges um, that young rising stars have. Is you know this business can be all consuming, and. Um, it's hard, even for the part-timers. It's a full, it's a full-time plus it's job. A, it's a, you know, it's a full-time I, plus job, and I've advised some people, um, you know, much younger than me, you know, don't don't waste your children's lives. Get, you know, if you've had some success in your twenties and thirties, take ten years off and come back in your forties or fifties. Sure. Um, Let me ask you about a, a, an assemblywoman elect from from your part of the world, from Monmouth County. That I have been, I don't know her, but I, I'm told to keep an eye on her, which is which is Vicky Flynn. Vicki Flynn is def- definitely a rising star. She's very bright. She's very personable. She, um, at, at the moment at least, is um, my assemblywoman-elect. I think very highly of her. Um, she's personable. She's very bright. She's very hardworking. She did a great job on the Homedale Board of Education. She was a very hardworking candidate. Um, she gets along well with her um, district mate, Senator Declan O'Scanlon. And um, and Assemblyman Jerry Scharfenberger, um, she's she's got a future. Um, she's got a few. She's got a future in a tough district. I don't know that she's. You know, I think De- Declan's got a few terms left in him if he wants to continue to serve in the Senate. And if he didn't, you know, there'd be a lot of people lining up for that Senate seat. And I've got to think uh, that Senator Declan O'Scanlan, Senator Mike Testa, these are you know Mayor Tony Perry, 
Brian Bergen, Ryan well, Peters. These are these are all potential gubernatorial candidates. Potential gubernatorial candidates in 2025. You know, uh, Jack Cittarelli's got to be considered the the top of the heap. I, I kind of, right. given what he's uh, declared that he's running again, I would not be surprised to see him be the nominee. Kind of like uh, Jim McGreevy kept running after he lost to Christy Whitman by. Chitterelli's uh, got to figure out uh, uh, that, that he was going to have to run anyway in 2025. So what the heck? You know, he was planning on running for re-election. Okay. Uh, this is, anyway, thank you. Uh, we, we lost Art Gallagher, unfortunately, but he will be back someday, I promise. Uh, thank you for listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. Uh, this is David Wildstein, the editor of the New Jersey Globe. And don't miss next week's show with Michael Rasmussen. We are going to pick apart the New Jersey Globe Power List that comes out on Monday. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So thanks, everybody, and, and have a great week.